I want to shift our attention straight over to a different sector, and that is biotechnology. Mara Goldstein is with us, Managing Director and Senior Biotech Analyst in Zuho Americas. Thank you so much for being with us, Mara. So tell me a little bit about some of the trends that you've been seeing. I noticed um, you have a lot of buy ratings at this time on a lot of these companies. Are they positioned well? Valuations looking good? What are some of the trends you've been seeing? I think we're, you know, seeing a couple of things. And one is that, you know, the sector in and of itself is under a fair amount of pressure exiting 2021 and into, you know, certainly the first quarter of 2022. And so it always raises the question as to whether or not valuations are at a point um, that should make investors interested. And I think we've seen over the past couple of weeks inflows into the biotech sector. We're seeing that in the XBI. Um, and so the question of whether or not now is a good time to step up into a lot of these names that have been repriced um, is certainly circulating. One of the things that we look pretty, I think, at, at, an, at a time like this that we focus a lot on is cash runway and do in these companies have enough capital available to them to really commit and execute on their um, R&D plans, which is really, you know, what drives these companies getting to clinic, to critical data points and the like. So I think you are seeing a lot of that in the industry. There's been a ton of secular change uh, over the past couple of years, new tools and technologies, certainly just looking at what's occurred in the COVID field and the ability to get COVID vaccines rapidly developed and deployed does raise the hope that that can be put to work in other areas, um, other therapeutic areas as well. I cover uh, mostly oncology companies at this point in time, and we really are seeing the potential for these companies to be the direct beneficiaries of accelerating development timelines based on having you know, more advanced tools and technologies. Mm, and you know, as we had the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about how oncology really was front and center because people weren't getting checked as much or they weren't able to get treatments and things like that. And now we're in a, a new time as the pandemic is passing and we now have obviously new catalysts, new technology, right? Um, and I know you're looking at hematology as well. So tell me about some of the names that really are the buys in the group and why. Because as we look for investments, but we also look for great ideas and what's behind this. Absolutely. And I would say that oncology is just like all of the various different subsectors when biotech suffered, but to some degree, the least amount because of what we saw was that they maybe there were new diagnoses that had slowed from an oncology perspective of patients who were um, in treatment still continue to come into treatment. So um, that is certainly um, a big uh, component of, um, you know, the ability for, you know, folks to continue to get their medication. So a couple of the names that we have been really heavily focused on, um, and a lot of this comes down to A, having really uh, strong catalysts and B, having little cash risk at this point in time, um, Arcus, A, um, sorry, RCUS is the ticker there. That's a name that we like a lot. This is a company that has a really broad um, immuno-oncology pipeline partner in Gilead, um, which is essentially taking a development option on on their top can on their on their lead candidates, and there are four of them currently in human clinical trials. Um, and they'll have cat um, a catalyst uh, in the second half of this year, looking at data uh, for a couple of their drugs in development and very little cash risk, a billion four uh, in cash on the books, uh, trading at a market capitalization um, that's, you know, 
little under twice that. So for us, uh, we like Arcus a lot. Another name that we focus pretty heavily on, uh, a company that's really been repriced at the cutting edge of what's going on in cell therapy. So that's a different way of treating cancer. And that's when you take, mm. you know, cells and engineer them to go after cancer cells as feet therapeutics. Again, um, a lot of hallmarks that we focused on um, with Arcus Catalyst coming up. They're going to have data for a bunch of their candidates in their pipeline uh, this spring um, and through really the rest of the year. And with $700 million in cash and a corporate deal with Johnson & Johnson, you know, a little risk on the cash side and on the cash execution side. So that's a name that we've liked a lot. Um, and they're looking at a variety of different uh, tumor types, mostly in the hematological space, but they are looking at advancing their cell therapy, which are called NK cells, natural killer cells, into solid tumors. Solid tumors are a much larger, much larger market than hematological tumors. So it really does open up, you know, potentially a, a much larger addressable market for them. So it's a name that we focused a lot on. Um, and then the third name that I would argue that, you know, is in this space where they have a, a good amount of capital, a little cash risk, big pipeline and coming up on data is Zencor XNCR is the ticker here. And this is a company that develops bispecific antibiotics. So if you think about uh, bispecific monoclonal antibodies, which are antibodies um, are naturally occurring. Uh, we're all have talked for many years about monoclonal antibodies. These are bispecific, so they hit two targets at the same time. Um, and this is a company that has a fair amount of um, corporate partnerships that have been licenses, licensors to many pharmaceutical companies, uh, $600 million in cash, very little cash risk in the near term, and some pivotal data, we think important data that really could change sort of the nature of the company's valuation in 2022. Right. And, uh, you know, thank you for all of that. Just a quick thought on Merck. Can you give me 10 seconds on Merck? Just because that's a big, Absolutely. all the ones that you named are incredible because a lot of people, Myra, don't even know a lot of the companies that you brought to us today. So thank you for that. But just a quick thought on Merck since so many people do own that. Sure. We do cover Merck. As I said, we've had this oncology focus. You know, this is a company that has this amazing franchise in Keytruda, and it's both, you know, the most, you know, an amazing franchise, it's going to be a $20 billion product, really drives a lot of clinical development. At the same time, it is a ton of revenue concentration, and that scares investors. You know, we're not scared of that because we think that the company has a lot of tools at its disposal right. uh, to be able to uh, mitigate that over time. The company's going to have a cardiovascular uh, R&D meeting and another uh, on April 5th, which will really shed some light on what they're doing in the cardiovascular space. They have, you know, a tremendous amount of capital put to work to do, you know, additional M&A deals, maybe not big deals, but, you know, if they string together enough smaller deals, that becomes meaningful over time. And the Keytruda franchise, while it is open to loss of exclusivity concern towards the end of the decade, still has a ton of growth associated with it. Um, company is looking at ways in which to create novel constructs around Keytruda that, you know, essentially they can repatent in, in certain ways, um, particularly combining with other drugs. So uh, we like it. We also have essentially have a new management team here. So that does lend itself to the idea that you may see a different strategies going forward, which we just have not heard yet from the company. Thank you so much, Mara. It's really great to chat with you. About all of Have these things, day. obviously, huge, yeah, huge, huge story with biotech. We appreciate it. Mara Goldstein, Mizuho Americas, thank you.